I don't know how long it was after she was kidnapped. They came and they attacked and uh, my father ran to the backyard. So they went inside the house. They took whatever they want. They're about to leave and the baby start to cry. Welcome to Brazen Radio. My name is Nina. How is your soul doing today, my friends? I hope it is well. I hope it is finding peace and appreciation for all that it has and all that it's been given amongst its many footsteps upon this earth. Today, we're going to sit together with Connie and hear her story of immigrating at age 11 in the 70s to the Portuguese colonies of Africa. Which, fun fact, or not, Portugal was the first and last to colonize Africa, and they did so for over 500 years in places like Mozambique, Angola, Cape Verde, so something I might butcher so I won't risk it. So as you can imagine, this was quite the endeavor. But never mind that, many, many other events unfold. And I really hate intros that give away the best part of the movie, trailers included. So Connie and her family lived there for many years and during the revolution and the end of the Portuguese colonies. Our story is wild and it starts now. I born in San Miguel, yes. You have siblings? I have boys, uh, four, all boys. And I have two siblings that my father brought from Africa that he had with a different uh, lady there. Maybe we can explore that more. My father, I I was 10 years old, turning to 11. And uh, my father decided always for a better life because on the islands, the, the life in that time was not so easy for a lot of people, right? A lot of us were very poor, stuff like that. My father has already a good job there. We were already kind of okay. But then my father heard from someone that uh, he could immigrate to Africa. The government was giving you a land of 25 acres, a house, a tractor, everything to start. Everything to start. So of course, you would go into, you usually immigrate for a better life, right? Mm-hmm. So my father always think about Canada or States, but we never had nobody. Mm-hmm. And before, you have to have someone to kind of bring you. So we didn't have nobody in States, Canada, no, nothing. So this was an opportunity to to go to Africa. So we went to Africa. <laughs> and we were, we had to be vaccinated before we go there, all of us. Oh, so I lost a sister in that process. She got the vaccine on a Wednesday. We all got the vaccine to travel to Africa against malaria, against uh, tuberculosis, or no, not tuberculosis, another one. I for cholera, cholera and and malaria. So we all went for the vaccine. She was eight months old, and I don't know what happened. I don't know if the vaccine was not good or it was too much of a dosage for her. As a baby, I don't know what happened. She took the vaccine on Wednesday, like all of us, and on Saturday she died. We went and she died in October, and we left in November. Everybody, so we all went to... What year was this? 1973. Oh, for us, was very excited, you know. Party. We were kiddos. Everything was pink. <laughs> it took <laughs> us. It took us eight days to arrive to the house, because um, beginning with leaving the the island, the plane was already late. Arrive in Lisbon, and the other plane already left. 
And this plane for Africa was only every three days or every four days, something like that. So there you go. We went to the hotel and we wait three days. We were three days in Lisbon. But we get to go and see a game of Benfica. We went to go and see the zoo. That was something <laughs> that, oh, in the island we never see <laughs> nothing like that, right? And uh, and then we took a plane for, um, for supposed to be for Mozambique, but we had to stop in Angola. We spent the night in Angola. And then to Beira, this is all cities now in, in Mozambique. From Angola, we went to Mozambique. In Mozambique, we landed in Beira, one of the cities, and we stayed there another night, I think. We went to Nampula. We wait another two or three days for the, for the train. So when we arrive in Mozambique, we went in November. November in Portugal is cold, is winter. And uh, winter in Portugal is 17 degrees, but it gets humid, you're surrounded by the ocean, it gets cold. So we were in long jackets and pants and all that and sweaters. Blah, blah, blah. And we arrived there and I, I remember this lady, she was like in her topless, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> she was like, oh my God, you guys make me so hot. How you are <laughs> with all these clothes on you. I was like, oh my gosh. So we would be in this uh, hotel. We would come down to buy ice cream, go up, and the ice cream is melting through our hands because it was 40 degrees. Oof. 40 degrees. Very horrible. Winter in Portugal is summer there. There is always summer, kind of, but there is the season that is even hotter, right, mm-hmm. which is December. And then we, arrived, we went on this uh, train, nine hours on the train. How you travel in that time? Like in these days when I had my kids, the stroller, the bag, everything is there. Everything doubles. You have doubles. You have food. You have milk. You have this. You have that. Very if he doesn't like this, he has that. So my parents traveled with us all. I had my two little brothers. One was two and one was three or three and four, the little ones. You don't have a snack. You don't have a water. You don't have, you don't have nothing. And that's when I saw first the people that I never saw in the island, right? So you'd never seen a black person? I've never seen a black person before. Wow. What were your first thoughts? Do you remember? Were you shocked? Uh, well, was, and my father said to us right away, never call them black because they will cut your arm to show you that your blood is the same as the He scared us. <laughs> no, we're like, okay, we are scared. It's true, though. He's and right. And they were all the same to me. I couldn't uh, I couldn't distinguish. They are very different, yep. very unique. Anyway, so we are in this train, and then when the train stops, oh, the train is, is, a, is around mountains and forests. You don't see nothing at all other than forest. Uh, but each station, the train stops, or there's a bunch of people selling fruits, and mangoes and uh, papaya, cashew, tropical fruits, and uh, sweet cane, sugar cane. So my father was buying that for us because, you know, nine hours on the train. (laughs) So we arrived to a little city, and over there is someone waiting for us, a truck. So my mom, my dad, the little ones on the cabin of the truck, and me and my oldest brother on top of the truck. With this black guy beside us, 
And it's, it's going and going and going. And my brother said to the guy, hey, how, how far we are? And he said in, in this accent, Portuguese accent, oh, we are just very close. It's only 20 minutes away. Okay, and then he was driving and driving and driving. My brother was like, this freaking guy told me 20 minutes. This is more than an hour. Hey, how far we are? <laughs> oh, we are a good hour. What? <laughs> you told, an hour ago, you told me 20 minutes. No. And that's when you realize, because we went, they have, how would you say, very high educated people in the big cities. Very, very high educated. But we went... Completely on the jungle. People was, how do you say, uncivilized. Completely. You look, they look at you, they're scared of you. The little kids, they were seeing us and run away. And I went away, ran away from them too. <laughs> because they are without a shirt. The ladies without a shirt. All the ladies, out. yeah, out. Wow. Without shirt, just a just a thing around jungle, jungle, jungle. They don't know nothing. They don't know anything. I had a watch. I was ten years old, eleven years old. I was already grade six, so I have my watch. My father gave me the watch when I went to. Uh, for us, grade four is the last grade of elementary school. Then we go. It's considered already secondary school. Okay. So when I went from grade four to grade five, my father bought me a watch and they were looking at me that I know, I know how to read the watch because they didn't know. They um. based themselves on the sun completely from the jungle. They live in, in houses like this that they built and it's mud around. So it's, it's bamboo and mud around. And on the roof is uh, what we call, it's a weed that we call capin. And, uh, and that is just to sleep because their lives is outside. Outside right. they cook outside with whatever, four stones and they put the fire there. It's jungle. It's to the place where we went. So we arrived from this train in this truck to a lo another town where they have so we go to this place where they have one church, one, how they call it, administration. It's like a city hall, but it's not a city hall. It's a little thing there. And they have six stores, only six, three and three, like exactly like this, three and three, and apart from each other, me, my brothers, and my parents. And then from this location, I found the, the gentleman now and his wife, that was in this store when we arrived from the train in this truck. So we arrived to there. It was a good midnight, but they were awake to receive us. And they gave us something hot. So I forgot what, but they gave us some goodies and da, da, da. And then there's a Jeep waiting for us to bring us home. And it's another good 30 kilometers. On the jungle, no lights. Everything is so black, pitch black. In Africa, <laughs> pitch black. No lights, nowhere. So we arrived to our house, and the house is so it's a town where we call uh, we call aldea. Twenty eight houses, twenty eight families living there. So they they completely open up the forest mm -hmm. and they built twenty eight houses. The houses were made of concrete 
and the the roof was made of that um, aluminium. So imagine with a hot, with the heat of forty degrees, mm-hmm. <laughs> you could burn. So it's twenty eight houses. It has like um, four lines, and each line has seven houses. On the middle of these houses, they have a first aid, whatever. Like if you fell, if you break, or that, 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 that nothing more than that. <laughs> no hospital. It's just the first aid, whatever. And they have the school until grade four. So I arrived there. No school for me. And uh, yeah, it was an, a little house, one class. So one class, I mean, one room for four classes. And uh, for me, if I want to go to school, 600 kilometers away. I start to oh, cry. I start to cry. I don't want to go nowhere. And my father realized that I couldn't go nowhere. 600 kilometers. You have to be on an internal with the gnomes. No, I cannot do this. <laughs> no kidding. So I start to cry. I said to my father, because everybody was after my father. No, no, no. She can. She has to go. Blah, 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 blah. And I said, no. Not not going nowhere. I start to cry. My father said, "Okay, no." So I was two or three years without school at all. Oh wow! Yeah, without school at all. But then there was the war. Oh, it was too much. <laughs> After that, did Portugal establish you there, or did your dad have to make all those arrangements? No, Portugal established okay. us there. Okay, so they made those arrangements, and just you told them you wanted to go. They yeah. gave you a plot yeah. of land, yeah. and yeah, they gave my father twenty five acres. This house. This house that was like a, a big living room and three rooms and a washroom and a kitchen. That's it. And then we were like, for my father, this was amazing. For me, it was very disappointed. I didn't like it at all. For me, I was at the beginning was very, very upset with everything, even though it was 28, uh, 28 couples there and 28 couples. Everybody has like six, seven kids. It was a lot of kids. It was a lot of kids. But... I didn't have my cousins. I didn't have my aunts. I didn't have my grandmother. I have nobody. And everything is so different, so primitive. So primitive. I'm like, well, we're going backwards here. What is this? <laughs> uh, but the, And then it only got worse because for a little bit we were kind of okay. My father was getting... You know, making the money because he, the province he was making cotton, uh, sun uh, sunflower for oil. So you would see this ten acres of uh, of uh, field, just sunflowers, beautiful, mm-hmm. so beautiful. We would go on a tractor to see this. It's just amazing, uh, but no cameras to take pictures. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> the cotton, same thing. When the cotton start to open up, everything is white, so beautiful. It was it was beautiful. Then you have the snakes around and the elephants and everything too. The snakes? No, oh. <laughs> I'm petrified. Oh, of me snakes. too. Not even on TV. I know. I want to see them. So yeah, my father was uh, was like um, how do you call it? a farmer? Mm-hmm. A farmer, right? Mm-hmm. So he's producing the corn, the beans, the, the sunflower, the cotton, the you name it, everything that is. Uh, Everything, even the rice, even rice, because there's a lot of water, so in the rice on the water. We have our soldiers there, our army. They were very close to to where we were living. So my father would do the most of the shopping through them, grocery shopping through them, everything in boxes, 
everything, whatever the army has was the best. And they, they used to come to go hunting with my, my father and they do this, uh, this, uh, how they call, uh, barbecues and stuff like that. So it was fun for a while. And then it started the war. So when they start the war, because our army was there, right? So when our army, it was the 25th of April in Portugal, the revolution in Portugal in 74. So mm-hmm. it was one year after, not even, because we went in 73 at the end of 73. So 74 was the revolution in Portugal. 75 was the, or was 75? I think it was 75, 25 of April in 75. And then in June, the country got independent. So when the country got independent and our army left the country, everybody left. Everybody was leaving. And a lot of people, they were taking advantage of the black people. They always Mm -hmm. did that. They colonized them for 500 years. Mm -hmm. I am not in favor of, oh, Portugal lost the colonies, blah, blah, blah. It was not yours to begin with. I, I'm not I'm not with them on that. Definitely not. Because they did very whatever things that they shouldn't. I don't agree with that. Uh what was the revolution in Portugal? Were you guys in like a socialist setup? Like what what was the revolution? Yeah, it was socialist. And yeah. so you switched to democracy? Yeah. Okay. So Mozambique got independent because they were fighting, right? Mm-hmm. So they got independent. So the Portuguese, they, some of them were not, not us. We were the poorest of the poorest in Africa, mm-hmm. but it was very rich people there. Extremely rich. Generations from 500 years. So they owned the country. They had the factories of everything. It was owned by the Portuguese, everything. So, and they left with nothing. 24 seven, they give it to them. 24, uh, 24 20. It was 24 hours to leave the country and 20 kilos. 20 kilos. They left everything. And they came poor, poor, poor to back to, to the country. So the ones that was with us, these 28 families, they were the poorest like us, right? Mm-hmm. So, and when, when they start that, oh, we're leaving, we're leaving, we're leaving. It was planes and planes and planes from all over the world trying to pick up the people from there. And uh, and my father said, I didn't came with these people. I don't want to leave. He had a mistress already there. So, ha, ha, ha. He didn't care. So he said, no, I didn't came with these people. Oh, my God. That was the worst time of my life. I was isolated for a good, I don't even remember. I don't know. In these days, everything is a depression, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But in those days, you're not, you were not allowed to have a depression. You're not allowed to, to think, even though you think, but, but then you say, oh, my brothers, I need to take care of my brothers or, oh, my poor mother. Oh, you know, and you don't go further because you're thinking on them, right? So I, I isolate myself because now I don't have any friends. So everybody left the country. It was like a seven couples, probably. Seven couples that stay with us, or not even. I was there. Okay, still I'm okay because there's still seven when everybody left. And most of them that left is the ones that has a girl my age, 
or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. So now these couples, they have little ones, little ones, the age of my brothers. So, but anyway, still I have, I have people there. And then in two years or less than that, they decide to leave completely too. So we were the only ones whites in this place. The only whites was us. So in that time, I isolate myself. I was reading, 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 day and night. We have, I remember we had a, a big closet, kind of, how uh, uh, do you call that, a pantry with a window to outside. So I made like my, my studio. I put my uh, portable, um, you know, those... Um, CD player? Or yeah. Like tape player? Or yeah. yeah. I had it <laughs> white and red. <laughs> so I made my studio there very little and I'm just there. I look through the window and I'm just there. I don't want it even to talk to my dad. I was so mad with him. With him. And then I became like... Uh, uh, then I start to be shy, afraid to talk to people. Whenever we go places, I was like, oh, I'm not talking to nobody because I don't even know if I'm talking properly. And this was from, from 77 to 79, probably. For a long Two time. years. Two years I was very isolated. Mm-hmm. Very isolated. Because we have five... Actually, four. So we have four of these little towns, 28 houses each. As a coincidence, in each of them was one Portuguese. And it was another guy, white, that was not belonging to, to us, but he was, uh, he was on his own. He went on the army. He didn't want to come back and he stayed there and he got married there and he had a wife and three or four kids. So now we are five Portuguese with him. And we are apart from each other a good 10, 12 kilometers. So now we are only with these ones, right? And we see them every week. They made parents, made probably to put us together or put them together. So every weekend we go to this house. Everybody goes to this one. Then next everybody goes to this one. Everybody goes to this one, to this one. So we were like that all the time, all the time with these fives. So it was okay. Of course, you become whatever, teenager. <laughs> I was 17 years old. Uh, the country got independent in that time, 75. My oldest brother left the country. He couldn't agree with things. And he was arguing, blah, 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 me, me, me. Then with my dad. And then uh, he, he just took off. He gave himself to the army. Oh. And they took him right away. I bet. So he went to Portugal, and uh, now I even lost him because he was six years older than me, so I count with him a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But, hey. So anyways, he left. The country got independent, but then they start to fight between themselves. So whoever became president in power, and now he's put, that's what I heard from them, that he's putting his colleagues, his families, whatever, on the bigger... Uh, bigger positions mm-hmm. and these ones that were fighting they have no positions so now these ones are they were fighting against each other so then they destroy the country completely not completely but a lot 
They destroyed a lot. They killed a lot. That's when I saw killed because before I had never seen anything. So, and nothing was near us. But now, now they start. So anyways, the government privatize everything, like even what my dad has, the tractors, the land, everything. They said to my father, okay, if you don't want to leave the country and we really would like you to stay because you have the knowledge, we would need to use your knowledge. We would pay you. We would make a contract with you, pay you half in uh, American dollars and half in the money, uh, Mozambique money. And you would work for us. So we, you can keep this piece of land for uh, veggies and stuff. And my father started to work with them. So this is the African, the new government in Africa. New government now. Okay. And now they're opening a company there, uh, direction, what they used to call. So, and they are bringing their people, very young people that just finished high school or whatever. And they give them training as a technician of this, technician of that, engineer of this, engineer of that, uh, agricultural and pecuaria. So these girls and boys were coming, 18 years old coming, and they are a technician of uh, agricultural technician. So girls that came 2,000 kilometers away from their families to live there alone. So they built now a huge office. Right, and they built what they call portable houses, and these girls are coming to work there. So very educated people because they always live in the capital and other cities. Beautiful Africa is a beautiful country, beautiful cities, very modern, more than Portugal. And uh, because what they didn't build in Portugal, they went to build there, right? Mm-hmm. They build it really beautifully. And then the director of this this uh, big complex or whatever they call, uh, he was coming and stopping at our house, having a beer, talking to my dad. And he saw me and he said, oh, da, da, da. I don't want to talk to nobody because I'm like, okay, I'm a savage now. <laughs> don't talk to nobody. But he noticed and he said to my dad, she needs to go to work. My father said, no, she's not going to work. And uh, and he said, well, she might not need to work to eat, but she needs to work to communicate with people. To She needs to go to work. And my father said, no. So another time he came, he came again and he said, she needs to go to work. And we have a lot of girls her age to work. She needs to get out of the house and... And my father said, no. And I said, but I want to. I don't know how I said that, but I said, but I want to. And he said, yeah, you want it? Tomorrow you start in the office here, in the office of the where I was living. Very little thing, office. So I start to work there. And then after a few months, they make this huge complex. So now they are creating offices and office and office, another office. another. Uh, and then this director came and he said, now you're going to be my secretary. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be my secretary. So I was moved to this other thing. So now I, I leave my house to live there. All the girls, they have houses alone. No, I don't want a house alone. So then they put me in a house where it came a couple from Holland. 
And I, and I was there with them two, three days, and I was, I was very sad. I didn't know how to talk to them. They, they were not communicating with me because they were in love. They were just, you know, dating kind of. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, what I am again. And then Portuguese people, so they all are working now for the company for, or the government. For this government company, right? Four of them are working there. It came a, a Brazilian company as well, came to work there. Topography and all that thing. It was Brazilian. The cars were coming from Brazil. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Very sophisticated cars in that time. I forget the names, but uh, I remember they were very sophisticated. It came a plane from Bulgaria to spray the products. It was like to, to put the fertilizer or or the pesticide pesticide was by plane. It was growing like crazy. This was becoming really beautiful now. Full of people, young people from everywhere. Some are getting married, some are having kids, blah blah blah. Most of them blacks, mixed now. Now we have the mixed, we have black. Whites, I was the first and the only girl there, white. And all these whites was like even against, why, 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 why she's going to walk with a black? Why? Why is she going to walk? <laughs> they didn't want me <laughs> to walk with them. <laughs> uh, it's a funny thing how that Crazy. works. <laughs> Crazy. And then I even start to date the black. Oh, they want to kill me. <laughs> What's going on with her? It's stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 So it was, it was something else. So then I was secretary of the director. Now I am secretary of the director. Oh, and sorry. While all of this is happening, there's a war going on, like amongst the factions. So one group doesn't like the new government, and yes. the new government yes. is fighting back yes. against the rebels. Yes. We'll call them rebels. Yeah, I guess, rebels. Right? It rebels? was rebels. Okay. Yeah. But, but in our area, nothing is going on. Okay. So we heard far away, far away. Not on the other provinces. Here, nothing. Here is growing. It's everything is okay. Safe. Da, da, da. I'm the secretary of the, the director. Then the Brazilians are coming. They contract the Brazilians because they have the topographies. They have the engineers. They came women and men and kids. And again, they extend, they build for them to come. So now my, they need the secretary too. So, and my, my director said, I don't want to lose you. But I cannot pay you how much I'm going to ask them to pay you. <laughs> so you're going to be their secretary and you're going to get the double. So he, t- he told them, yes, I have a secretary for you. She's Portuguese, Connie, blah, 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 blah. And this is what you're going to pay her. Plus, I can eat on the, now they make a kitchen on the middle of these full houses. There's a kitchen here. So these guys came for great money. In that time, it was $3,000 American. That they were making, and they don't pay a penny for nothing. They have the kitchen where they go eat. They have a maid inside the house just to clean, to change the beds, to whatever, to make the breakfast. And the, one of the Portuguese ladies was was the the one that takes care of the cookers. You know, she knows me very well, the Portuguese lady, right? So I was coming from the office, and I have lunch, but I don't talk to nobody. And she saw that I'm not comfortable. So she said, you're not comfortable there, right? No. Then come to my house. You're going to sleep with Claudia. And if you want to eat here, you eat here. If you don't want, I can bring the food home. And if you don't want, you can have our food. And that's it. 
So they were like my parents. Then, then like I was working there, everything is nice now. Everything is nice. Like a lot of a lot of young people, we had a group of uh, uh, playing soccer, girls playing soccer, boys playing soccer. We go to this village, to that village, that city. It was really fun. As soon as the directors leave, we leave too. We go for the coffee. We go for here. We go for there. We do our job. This one punched the card for me, and that's it. You know, we were having our fun thing. When it starts the war, someone disappear from the people that works with us. Someone disappear. This one that is in charge of the tractors or in charge of the of the pecuaria or in charge of this or that disappear. What do you mean disappear? How, how it disappear? And another day, another one disappear. And uh, and then there's a list on the street. You walk and you find the list and you say, okay, this one and this one already was killed. And the next it will be this, 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 this. So there's the names of the next ones. And uh, people start to uh, to go and sleep on the mountains because they were scared. Those names that were on the lists, they were scared. Then all of a sudden... Uh, was the list posted? <clears throat> was it just found? Yeah, found on the street. Uh, like, because this was the rebels were the party opposite to the party in power. So they were us. They were... Our people right. that was not happy, and they had all the information from here. They were in our meetings. They work with us. They do everything with us. But then they belong to that group. And how they started, um, they have their police, and uh, they go every Saturday. They go for parties and drinks and stuff like that. So they give drinks to the police, and they take their their guns. Uh, That's how they start. The rebels start like that, the no rebels. Way. They start like that. They took the guns from our police. They put them drunk. They took their guns, and they were, and they were start attacking. First, it was just disappear. Just disappear. Just, I, I came one day in the morning. This one I remember very well. It was the chief of the tractors, the guy in charge of the whole mechanic thing very nice guy very honest very amazing guy his name was angelo and and i arrive and everybody you know angelo 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 what oh he belongs to the what so it was a shock every day was someone from us that that belongs to the the rebels group so and that's how they grew and that's how they were so close they were so close. They were right there. And uh, when they really start attack here, attack there, they already attacking. To who? To the bigger ones. To kill the bigger ones. To lose the power. So they were attacking the political party. Yeah. But also yeah. infiltrating yeah. everything. The, the directors, this, that. And then uh, when that starts, and then they put the police, the order not to... Uh, get out of the house at 10 o'clock, a curfew. 10 o'clock, if you open the door, they shoot you. Because they don't know if you belong, why you're going out. You belong to them. So our police is on the street. So if you open the door, you're doing something against. So they would shoot you. So you're going in bed and you're hearing them walking. And you know that you go in bed and you don't know if you're going to wake up. So you just pray and say, okay, if I'm not wake up, maybe I'm not going to feel it. 
So like that, wow. night after night after night after night like that. So and then it was it was getting heavy. It was getting closer, heavy and closer. And there's a head in a tree somewhere. Someone came and said, "Oh, there's a head." Like a decapitated head. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, then I start to, to tell my father. So this, this Portuguese one that has the wife that cooks there, she's sending the kids to Portugal. And, uh, and I start to tell my dad, we gotta leave. We gotta leave my father. Oh, how are we gonna leave? Nobody has documents. You think you're smart? I'm like, what the heck is not thinking or what? And I keep saying every other day, I was like, we gotta leave this, this country. I had boyfriend in Cuba studying, taking taking engineering. He was director there too, but he was taking engineering in Cuba. And my father thought, oh, she has a boyfriend, she will never leave. I'm like, are you kidding? I'm not gonna die. No shit. <laughs> I don't wanna shit. die here. So I said to my father, We're leaving. My father, no, nobody has documents. I said, Okay. Uh, because he said, You think you're smart? Do the documents. You have nowhere to do the documents other than 600 kilometers away. So I went to the nearest um, town, took pictures to all my brothers and my mom and everybody. We took the pictures. When I had the picture, I said to my dad, we need to do these documents. Okay, go and do it if you think you can do it. It was to recontish and that the money. I need to recontish. He gave me. How are you going? On a truck. On a truck. Yeah, this truck. Oh, the truck. One of the trucks of the company. He goes there to pick up whatever. I'm going with them. He looked at me like I have seven heads, <laughs> but I was not joking. So I said, I'm going. So then he was thinking. Then he said, okay, you're going until the village. When you arrive to the village, you go to my friend in the bank, and he's going to take you on a plane. Plane for six people. This small. <laughs> Uh, he's taking you to the plane. You're not going in that in that truck until uh, 600 kilometers. Okay, fine. So I went on the truck, five, six o'clock in the morning. We took off. And constantly, you have a flat tire. Everything is now becoming old. And, you know, we had a flat tire. So, of course, when I arrived to the village, the plane already took off. I went to the bank, and the gentleman told me, I will take you there. I didn't pay attention to the noise, but I'm sure by this time the plane's gone. And sure enough, took me there, the plane's gone. So I said, okay, now if I turn home, he's not going to allow me anymore. Mm -hmm. So no, I'm going to wait until they fix this tie and go with them. So they put the the car in the garage. They're going to fix the tie. It's going to take the day. We're going to sleep on a hotel. And on the next morning, we're going to take off. So I went to have my coffee or lunch or whatever it was in a little restaurant Portuguese there. And it came a couple Portuguese that I knew them. So he came, uh, the wife came and said, oh, you're here, blah, 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 nah, nah, nah. and I explained what I'm going to do. And she said, okay, where are you going to stay the night? Oh, in the hotel over there. She said, no, no, you're staying in our house. And then my husband takes you in the morning. Okay, fine. I'm like a boy now. I have um, runny shoes and I, I don't have a purse for what? I'm not a, I'm more boy than girl. <laughs> I have a pocket and I have the money on the pocket. 
<laughs> I take the money from the bank. I have cigarettes. I smoke in that time. So I was like a tomboy. <laughs> and she looked at me and she said, don't you have something to put the money in? And I have my pocket. <laughs> and she said, no, I'm going to give you something. So she gave me this little wallet or whatever to put the money. She put the money there. I slept in there, eat, sleep. The next morning, her husband take me to the little restaurant again. I'm having my breakfast. I'm going to pay and I don't see the money. But the lady was so smart. It has a some secret oh on the bottom God. and she put it. But f- for a while, my stomach was, but cannot be. How? <laughs> she can So anyway, so the truck turned, the truck now is okay. We're going, we're leaving. We left. We stopped around 12, 30, 1 o'clock to eat. And there they ask us, where are you guys going? Oh, we're going to Kriman. To Kriman? <laughs> you cannot go there. Everything is mine. Everywhere is mine. You cannot go. Every car that goes flips over. You're not going. If you really want to go, you have to go through, I don't know, whatever, another six hours. Another six hours on top of six, 12 hours, right? So now I'm praying. I said, oh, my God. If I arrive there alive... Coming back in this truck, I'm gonna come on plane. <laughs> Another thing, my my father told me, you arrive there and you go to this person that he knows, friends. Don't stay in a hotel, stay in their house. Okay. <laughs> when I arrived there and I said the story, blah blah blah. So he helped me with everything, the documentation. It was passports for all of us. Right? Mm-hmm. I have all the pictures, I have all the paper, I have everything. So, but now this is going to take time because this is going to another city to get stamped. It's not like in these days, right? Mm-hmm. So I did everything. I was there eight days. I did everything. I paid everything. Now when this comes, this person is going to send it to me by mail. By mail in the middle of the war. In the middle of the war. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if it was, I don't remember now if it was by mail or if it was by hand. I think it was by hand with someone by hand. Anyway, so when everything was done, then I said, now I'm going on a plane. Never call my dad because no phones, no nothing, no communication with nobody. You go, you go. And you come, you come. So imagine now I worried when my kid goes out of the door. Imagine my mom, seven days without knowing what's going on. Horrible. Anyways, when I, but then my father was worried. He was worried after all because he must have been every day at that freaking airport. Because when I came, he was at the airport. How he knew? I didn't contact him. Nobody told him anything. So he was there with these motorcycles waiting for me. <laughs> they were landing and I was seeing him. Because this plane, you never go so high. You can see everything oh, through God. the... So I land and my father's there on the motorcycle waiting for me. So I, I went on the motorcycle, took me to the same little restaurant, said, you still have money to pay the lunch? <laughs> yes, I do. So anyways, we had everything back. Um, then I got all the passports back. Ah, okay, prepare the suitcases, everything. We'll leave, we'll leave, we'll leave. We left in the car, 600 kilometers again. We went. You have everything, fine, blah, blah, blah. me, I'm coming back. I'm coming back because I have a boyfriend, so I'm going to come back. And they're going to make a contract. The director came to me and said, you're going? Uh, it was an expression of, if you're going, it means you're going. You're not coming back. 
And it was a different way of saying that I'm going and I'm come. So he, and he made me that question to know if I was going forever. Mm -hmm. I said, no, 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 I'm coming. Okay, I'm going to prepare your contract. So now I have to come as a cooperant, as a contract. When we arrived to this, um, this town, the guy that came back, that took us there, the, the, uh, the driver, mm -hmm. and came back, the car flipped. When we arrived to the big city, we knew the news that he never came home. So anyways, we got there to the big town. We got vaccines. Again? To go to Portugal. You are 10 years in Africa. You're going to bring everything with you. <laughs> so you have to get vaccine to prevent what you're, what you're bringing with you. Okay. And I was sick after when I arrived to the country. I was sick. With malaria still one, two times, because it's in your system. So the vaccines didn't prevent you from getting it? Uh, no, you're still getting it. It's like COVID. <laughs> <laughs> you got the first dose, second, third, fourth, and you still got the COVID. <laughs> oh, shit. You still got the COVID. It's in your system. You're breathing. They spread it out here. <laughs> <Ugh>, science. Uh, <laughs> no, it's incredible. So, anyways, we arrived there. We got everything. Everything is done. And then the director wants to talk to my dad. And now I am comfortable talking. You know, I'm not scared of nothing anymore. Oh, I grew like crazy. I'm fighting now. So the director said, oh, I need to talk to uh, Senor Martins, my father. And I said, okay, with me too. And he said, oh, no, 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 this is private. No, no, there's no privacy here. And I'm coming in. <laughs> I'm coming in. And he's like, oh, you know what? I don't know. My, my father, God <laughs> forgive him. I don't know if he planned that to come back or if really, if really. But I had always my doubts. So be, the, because the director said, oh, you know what? Your contractor disappeared. The, the contract disappeared. And now we cannot pay you because the American money, they were not giving him monthly. Okay. It's like at the end of the contract, they give you the amount, right? So whatever is for you monthly in the money, Mozambique money, they were paying him. But the American money, no. So now we lost your contract. The best thing to do, go back with your family. And I'm like, nope, that's not going to happen. Oh, but that's the best way. You know, he signs one contract for one year. And in a year, we're going to figure this out. And you guys were, <laughs> no, this is not happening. I already took the vaccines. No, 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 no. <laughs> he can stay if he wants. Because in my mind, I was like, okay, he planned this. Because he didn't want to leave. His mistresses, right? He already had a girl, a baby girl. So I said, huh, you're preparing this for yourself. My mother and my kids know. My my brothers know. So I said, if my father wants to stay, that's his choice. We're not staying here. My father was like, oh, you don't know what life is in Portugal. Uh, here you might have the money and not having the, the things, the food, let's say, because today we have bread, but we don't have butter. Tomorrow we have sugar, we don't have coffee. You know, it was like that already. We We don't have almost nothing. No grocery things a certain day. No. If, if, if it happened that have, you have. If not, not. It was nothing. Uh, almost nothing already. 
And my father was like, okay, here you might not have the stuff, but you have the money. And there you might have everything. You're going to see everything, but you don't have the money. Like, I don't care about that. I'm going to die in my country. I don't care. You know, I was 21. I was going to turn 21. I was like, no. So I said, no, we're leaving. So then my father looked at the director and said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go with my family. And then I'll come back to finish this contract. You made your choice, right? So now my father left us there. I stayed in my aunt's house because my aunt needs me. She's a, she's a dressmaker and she needs me to help her. And she was very nice. I really, I really love my aunt. My God, she was like a mother to me. Uh, my brother, the one that left, him and me, we couldn't agree on anything. Anything. Anything I would say, he would be against me. Anything, even my way of talking, my way of walking. He was judging everything and anything. And um, because I was smoking, because, 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 everything. So and he also went back to a small island. So he probably, his world, yeah, his yeah. view changed. Yeah, yeah, his view changed. Yeah. So it's like, uh, I, uh, I remember we were going to visit some, somebody. My father called the, the, the um, taxi. So we're waiting for the taxi. We went on the taxi. We're going to visit this, this friends. And all of a sudden I said, Oh, I miss my cigarettes. My father said, It's okay. We can stop there and buy it. And my brother wanted to kill my dad. He was like, What? You just said you're going to stop the freaking car to buy her cigarettes? <laughs> yeah, it was worse than my father. My father was more modern, but my brother was like, Oh. Was this happening? Okay. So hold on. So. The contractor comes up to your dad and says, we can't pay you because your contract's missing. Yeah. So we can't pay the U.S. dollars. So your dad says he's going to come back. But did he go with you first to Portugal or did he go back to the village? He came with you guys. To, so you guys all ended up going back to San Miguel. Everybody went And that's to where San... you saw your brother and yeah. he was pissed yeah. that you smoked. Then, uh, yeah, it was those, those things. So I couldn't stay with my brother. My father's leaving us. He's going back to Africa mm -hmm. to his contract. But he leave everybody. He left everybody in my brother's house. My brother is married now, father of two kids, and he left everybody there with my brother, and I was left with my aunt. So now I'm living with my aunt. Oh, I'm not independent anymore again, mm -hmm. right? So I'm there. I have a certain time to wake up. I have to be. I have to be because for them to like you, you have to, right? Mm -hmm. You are in someone's house. I was the first one to wake up. I was the one who prepared the coffee. I was the one who cleaned the house. I was the one. Even though she was extremely nice, she wants to put up with the 21 year olds in that time, you know. <laughs> when you know everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, anyways, my father was there one month. So, like on vacation, had the money spent, da 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 da, left. Ah, everyone's in the blue moon. There's a letter, right, from him. Now I'm there. Portugal, no job for me. I'm in, in my aunt's house, blah, blah, blah. And then it came an opportunity of a job. I applied for this job. I went for an interview and I was like, oh, holy mackerel. The way these people is in Portugal, they were like, this is Europe. The way they dress, the way I was dressing compared to them. They were dressing and the way they talk and the way they, they I don't know, they, they, they are different. They were different. I was different. So I said, there's no way. I'm going to get this job, right? It was uh, real estate. It was on the same uh, two lawyers and him. 
So I did everything. I came home and, my God, like after an hour, the phone rang. I went to the phone and said, the job is yours. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I couldn't believe it. <laughs> so I, went, I said, there's no way I can do it, this guy. Because I was studying that in that city before I went to Africa, two years. And I know the city, and there's no much of a difference in 10 years. Now, every every six months, there's a huge change, huge. But in that time, no much of a difference from the time that I went to the time that I came back. It was no much of a difference. In roads, In now they have bridges, they have the hotels, they have this, they have that. Before, it's the same hotel, the same church, the same road, everything is the same. But I was kido kido. And now, now I'm going to work. When, when yeah, I got the job, I came there and I said, ah, I don't know why this guy chose me, but hey. So anyways, I start to go to the city hall and I went there and I came to the office two o'clock. One day, two days. At the third day, he said, we need to talk. Okay. We <laughs> went to talk to him. And he said, I already lost two or three houses or, or um, business because of you. Uh, Sanzinia would have done this and that. Oh my God. I don't know what the heck. I came outside and I felt like crying mm-hmm. to the beginning because nobody ever talked to me like that. Mm-hmm. I came from Africa and in a certain way I was like, nobody talks to me like that. And I, and then I said, okay, no, I, I can't take this. So I went back to him and I said, I don't know why you choose me, but. First of all, you don't scream with me. Second of all, you don't compare me with Sanzinia because Sanzinia is working for you 10 years and I start yesterday. So I don't know why you choose me, but if you think that this is not good, we're still on time. And he said, um, yeah, you're right, but I will never lose any more business with you. And I know that. That's it. That's good. So now I have to walk triple because he's not going to lose any business with me. Right? I have to show him that he's not going to lose. But from there, then we were like this. But it was like incredible. But it was a really good job. Then I was working for the three of them at the same time. Did your dad just go between the two places? Did you ever go back to Africa? Like how? Me, no. I would love to go. I would love to go. And I thought I was going to turn 60 there because I turned 20 there. And I thought I was going to turn 60 there. But it didn't happen because of pandemic. Do the war, the yeah. war is over. It's here and there, not declared uh, completely that is a war, I, because I think they accept now the Renam was a party, uh, opposite party. So they have two parties they as opposed to one party, yes. and these yes. guys fighting. Yes. yes. And did you ever meet your mistress? Like, how did your dad? How oh, did yeah. he manage that? How did he work as a farmer and a father of? four, five in a yeah. house with a wife? Like how, Yeah. how did he, do you, I don't want to be disrespectful of your dad, yeah, but no. how did he manage that? For them, I think he was not the only one. It was easy because they were coming for them, you know, for the money. Uh, they would come, they wouldn't care. Some of them, they never got compromised to the point, right? right. But my father got so involved to the point that it was, I <laughs> Crazy. And he, he had a child with one of his mistresses? Two. Two children. Two. 
He had one before when we were still there, and he had one after. And I brought them here. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay, hold on. So he has, so it's the same lady yeah. that he had two, two other kids with. Yeah. Did he stay and live out his life there, or did he come back to Portugal with your mom? No, he came back because I rescued him from there. He was kidnapped. Whoa, there. okay, let's rewind. So your dad goes yeah. home, and I'm guessing now he lives there with his mistress. Yeah. Now he's, he went back. He's living with his mistress. Now my boyfriend's coming from Cuba. Yeah. And he's preparing everything for me to go back. And now I am between myself, but I'm fighting with myself. Am I going back? And my gonna my mother's not going to be in my wedding, my brothers. I mean, when we, you, you know, it's like that, mm -hmm. right? Uh I'm going to see my dad with the mistress every day instead of my mom. Um, my um, boyfriend, husband is going to be from this city to this city because he's one of the big ones. So now he's going to be transferred from here to there to there. So I'm going to be with my bag, backpack, uh, and stuff like that. And I said, no, I, I'm going to stop this right now. So I'm fighting with myself, fighting with myself, fighting with myself. And all of a sudden I said, that's it. I'm going to call. Not to him because he's 2,000 kilometers away from, no phones there, no nothing there. War is there heavy. So I am going to, uh, so I call to the capital, Brazilian um, directors. I called there and I said, not coming. What do you mean? I have your ticket in my hands. So and he was like, uh, whew, took kilos out of my shoulders, right? Now he's... Um, Sending me a letter, da 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 da, this and that, ni, ni, ni. But if I'm gonna die, I prefer you to be there. What are you saying? <laughs> Anyways, time passed, and then uh, all of a sudden, I receive a letter from my father, and my father's telling me a story of one of my friends. Oh, you know your friend, poor your friend. She went through so much. This is the start of the letter. Your poor friend. Went through so much, you know, she was dating this guy. The parents didn't want it. And then she moved with him, having a baby. And I don't know what. And now he's in jail. And so-and-so, uh, he didn't say your boyfriend. He said, and so-and-so is already buried. He got in an accident, whatever, whatever, whatever. And so-and-so and so -and, -so. and I'm like, I'm reading this letter 300 times to try to understand what's in this letter. So then it was, everything was explained there, but it was at the very end that the story was about my friend, right? So I'm focusing on my friend's story and that was his purpose probably not to hurt me right away. So then apparently what happened because he was a director. So on, uh, April 7th is the, uh, Mozambique ladies uh, day because the, the lady that was fight, fighting in war, one of these ladies, her husband became the president, Samora Michelle. So the wife of him, she was fighting and she died on April the 7th. Mm. So they made this day, uh, ladies, Mozambique ladies, because he's one of the, the directors there. He has to have a speech, but this is going to be here and they are here. It's going to be tomorrow. They plan to go overnight there. So they were drinking, they were having fun. So my father had told me before that when I broke up with him, he started to drink heavy. Excuse me. But he had 
problems with the heart because when he was in Cuba, he had something with his heart that he was hospitalized. So they decide to travel from here to here. Well, I mean, drive. Mm-hmm. His drive is like a matter of 18 kilometers probably, not more than that, but it's through the forest. So it's okay. not from the asphalt. So it's through the forest. It's a shortcut. And it rained a lot. So when it rains a lot there in certain zones, it's like it's worse than snow because mm-hmm. it's the a gray clay. Oh, so it's really, really slippery. It's uh, really slippery. Mm-hmm. And if you're stuck, you're stuck. So the car gets stuck on the mud. And now they need a tractor. Pull the car. Two of them went back here mm-hmm. to pick up a truck. They went to walk during the night. No lights, no nothing. They went to walk back and they came with a tractor to pull this. So my father stayed there with him and others. They stay around there. So some are smoking, but no lights, no nothing. And they don't see each other. They know that they are all there. They are talking to each other, but they hardly see each other. They are all black. This is crazy, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so he was around there, and my father too, and other guys, and they're talking and whatever, but they were drinking. Some of them are drunk for sure. So this guy went back. When this guy came with the tractor, uh, when he was getting close to them, he jumped out of the tractor and said, I killed so-and-so. I killed so-and-so, I start to cry, and and I killed so-and-so. And my father said, how did you kill? He was right here with me. What is he? He's right here with me. And the truck, but my father said, he probably had something from the heart, had a heart attack, mm-hmm. or fell asleep, or whatever, because there's no way the truck is going to go over him straight on one line, and he didn't move, even. So my dad said the body was already dead. And my dad was the one who dressed him and everything. This was a very hard story because he was four years in Cuba without the family. He came back. He was promoted, of course, right? And he had a brother that was journalist in Zimbabwe. And this brother came to visit him. But he couldn't cross because of the rain. He couldn't cross. So he was in the other village because he couldn't cross to visit his brother. And he didn't see the brother alive. So it was very sad, very sad. So in that moment, I was like, oh, my God. You know, this was was very sad because I was still in love with him Mm -hmm. at that time. And that time was really bad, really bad for me. And but hey, and then I I went back to read the letter where he says, "If I'm gonna die, I'd rather have you there." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, we knew he was gonna die, <laughs> right?" It's incredible, eh? Nice. Those things are incredible. But anyway, so this was this was this time. Then my father was writing once here, once there, and my father was attacked. He suffered an attack on a train. He went to this city where I where I made the passports, and uh, and they attacked the train. And it was like they kill, 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 kill. And my father went on there. So they just and, and opened fire on the train. On a train, yeah, mm-hmm. open fire. So he went under, under, under. They left, and as they leave, because they are rebels, right? Yep. 
So they, they live singing. So they are singing. So you hear the singing going oh. further and further. Oh. And, uh, and my father said, when I heard that they, the singing is far, so I know they are far. So then I start to move on the, on the train. And as I'm walking, someone is screaming. I'm walking on top of that. And I'm walking on top of someone that is still alive, but scream, screaming. And, uh, and I came out of this train. Everything is dark, no lights, no nothing. But all of a sudden, I heard a voice, a voice of my friend that was with me. And I said, are you there? And my father said, are you there? And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. You're here. You're here. And, my, and he said, we're going to walk. We are very close. We are very close to the city. And we're going to go to my sister's house. So my father went with him. In that time, my father decided to come back to Portugal. He decided, this is it. I'm going to come back to Portugal, blah, blah, blah. But he went back. He had this mistress and two kids. And the decision, I don't think he went uh, through. But now, the con because he was signing one contract after another, it was for one year. So it's already going for years, I think. And then it was an attack to his house. And they took the mistress on the attack. I don't think he was at home when this happened. I don't remember what he told me. But she was kidnapped because they attack, they kill, they take people. They take people and they, they kill the big ones yeah, yeah, yeah. to lose the power. And they, and they take people with, the, with them. So they took her and they left the kids, boy and girl. I don't know how it happened. This part, I don't know exactly how. But my father ended up staying with two kids. And one is this kind of baby. So he comes home. She's gone. And these two children are just alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he stayed with the two kids. Anyways, time goes, blah, 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 nee, nee, nee. I don't know how long it was. After she was kidnapped, they prepare another attack. So the kids were trained even to roll if they hear shoots. Everybody was rolled to the to the lake, you know, camouflage yourself with the trees, whatever. So, um, but this day it was overnight. They came and they attack, and uh, my father ran to the backyard. He has corn on the backyard with the kids. He went to the backyard. So they went inside the house. They took whatever they want. They're about to leave, and the baby start to cry. So baby cried. They came back. <laughs> yeah. They came back. They took him without shoes the way he was. He said after two hours, his feet was bleeding, walking on stones, on gravel, whatever. He said after two hours, my feet was all bleeding, and you have to walk and walk and walk. And walk and walk because they don't have they don't have their own uh, stations. Mm -hmm. They live on the forest. They sleep under the trees. They eat fruits. They eat whatever they hunt, and they cook right there. And they eat whatever is there, and that's it. And you drink no water. You drink water from the lake where they taking a bath and uh, and everything. They took with the children. So he was ten months kidnapped with them. Ten months. I have the newspaper downstairs with his picture and everything. So the meal stopped. But the meal takes three months, four months, five months. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's normal, right? 
But then after so many months, I'm like, hello, what the heck is wrong? So I called to the director, and and he was there already in the, in the big city. And he said right away, oh, I don't know anything. I'm not there anymore. He knew. I don't know anything. I'm not there. So, okay, fine. So I call a, f- a friend. I call her, and she said, oh, Sanzinha, uh, sit down. And I'm like, what the heck are you going to tell me? Oh, well, he's alive. If he was not alive, we would know. But he was kidnapped. We would know because he's a cooperant. So if he would be dead, we would know. They would they would put on the news. Them. The Renam. But we don't know what he is. He's kidnapped. He's with them. <gasps> I was working for those lawyers, right? That was good. Because I was like, oh my God. I was devastated, so I was talking to them, and they said, oh, don't worry about it. Uh, we have friends, we have a journalist, and uh, and he's going to help you. So they called this journalist, he came, and he said, you know that where he is, he cannot do anything for himself to rescue himself. You have to do it from here. But I'm going to help you. We're going to write letters to all the presidents, to the president there, to this one from the re- rebels, to the president in power and to our president in Portugal, which did nothing. Nobody respond. Nothing. So then he sent to the Red Cross. And Red Cross was went there. Our government wouldn't do anything for him. Nothing. It was fifty four or fifty six Portuguese people there. Not all Portuguese born, but Portuguese citizens that became citizens. A lot of Indians, because the, a lot of Indians living there, and they became Portuguese citizens, and they were kidnapped, so they had the option to come to Portugal when they were released. So Red Cross went there. Nuns, was nuns there. So then the Red Cross went there, a journalist went, interviewed them, brought their stories, pictures. Interviewed the rebels? No, the, well, on the group of the rebels. My father was on the group of the rebels. Right. So he interviewed these people, right? And he went to the mountain where this um, president was, the president, uh, Afonso de la Cama. So he went to talk to him and he said, you know, these these people, they have families and all that. Then why are you keeping them, actually, you know? I don't know what the heck he told to him that he said, I am going to release them. Because I'm very religion. I am uh, very religion. I don't know what religion he was because he was killing. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he was praying. He was on a mountain praying. It was his time to pray. So, and he said, I am going to release them by Christmas time. But if you take them to Mozambique, we will shoot you. So you land at the border of these two countries. So you have to take off straight. Portugal, <laughs> because we will shoot. Because he was scared now, if he lands in Mozambique, so the government of Mozambique wants them and wants the information. So he was smart, right? So he said, no, you land here? Because they were very far from this. They walked 17 days walking, 17 days through the forest walking to catch the plane. Uh-huh. And he said, then you land there and you take off from there straight. Then he brought this news, right? So I was working here. In this day, I was on a hairdresser 
And my friend called me, the other secretary, she called me, Oh, Sonzinha, we have the, the pictures of uh, your father on the newspaper. You know, I, I don't know him, but his name is here, Jose Martins, blah, blah, blah. So I came straight, and I, and I look at this newspaper, and I cannot see my father. I couldn't recognize him. He has the hair long up to here, the beard long up to here. He had a bandana around here because of the sweating, right? It was dark, dark. My father's green eyes, very white. I don't look at all like him. Okay. <laughs> My son looks like him. Uh, green eyes and very white person. He was dark like a black from the sun and everything, right? So, and there's the stories there that I connect right away. That story was my father because he put the stories and the families and this and that. So there's a picture of my dad and uh, all the group there. And uh, and there's a little description of each. And he said, when I came in, it was two Portuguese men playing domino. And one of these men did the domino, which was my father. He made the domino from the... From the tree, he cut the wood, whatever he had. He was cutting the, but it's not tree like this. It's like the palm tree. So he cut, and with a stick on the fire, he made the holes, the the dots on the domino. Yeah, when he came, I said, this is mine. I have this domino. <laughs> and he made even the box and everything. And he was playing with this other Portuguese guy. But one day, because he was weenie, either or was weenie, the other one get upset and never talked anymore with my father. And my father said, shoot, you know, it was only that one that I could talk normal. Mm -hmm. And now I have nobody to mm -hmm. talk. So then my father said, one day I sit down and I said, okay, I'm going to do three dominoes. So he did three dominoes, one for him to take, one to give it for him as a present, mm -hmm. <laughs> and one for us to play. And he went after him and he said, this is for you as a as a gift. <laughs> this one's for me. And this one is for us to play. And let's play. <laughs> Forget about it. Was that his only friend in the camp of, like, rebels? <laughs> yeah. Basically? Yeah, yeah, basically. Because yeah. the other one was the Indians and all that. This one was the only Portuguese Portuguese, right? <laughs> and now he's mad at me because uh, I win the games. <laughs> so, anyways, now he released the newspaper. He released the news. He's gonna, he's gonna, um, release them, uh, around Christmas time. So we're waiting for him to give us the okay to go and land there. So then it starts the news on the newspaper, on the radio, on the TV. So now we were from here to there, from here to there, to there, to there, to listen. Everything we wanted mm -hmm. to know. We mm -hmm. want to be, uh, you know, updated to. And now they're walking. And they are walking for two days, for three days, for four days. And I'm like, holy mackerel, holy mackerel. This guy, uh, anytime, he can change his mm -hmm, mind, mm -hmm. right? And we were so scared about that. So anyways, so then my father walking from here to there, he found the mother of the kids. First, he found her first son, her son that she had it before, not his, with a gun already. 15-year-old with a gun fighting already. And my father said, oh, where's your mother? And he said, oh, she went for mangoes. She's going to be here soon. So she came with the mangoes. The kids doesn't even, almost don't know her because one is baby, the other one is three years old, three and one. But when she saw her kids, of course, you know, so, God, you can imagine. I, I hate her. 
no, forgive I, me. Yep. <laughs> but, that sounds but, fair. <laughs> but can you imagine? And he said that he told her what's happening, that he got the okay to um, to be released, and, and the kids are going with him. And she said, no, they're not. And he said, oh, yeah, they're going with me. Yeah. Is she part of it? No, she's not part of it, but they kidnapped her. They didn't release her yet. So they obviously will release them. She was released after, but for a while they kept all these people. And they didn't, she didn't go home. No. To her children. No. So then she runs no. into them and now she cares? Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. I apologize. Because it was a couple there that he was working with me and he has six kids. And he had twins, two boys, twins. The oldest ones was, was twins. And when they attack, they took the mother with one or two of the kids, I don't remember how many, and one of the twins. And the father stayed with one twin, the mother stayed with one twin. So when my father arrived to this thing, he was there with a gun too. So my father said, oh my God, so now if they're going to attack there again, he's going to kill the father. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Because he's forced to it. Not because he wants to. He doesn't want to, but he's forced to it. If he's going to attack, if the father is there, he's going to kill the father and brothers and sisters. It was like that. It was horrible. How yeah. is that a cause to hurt people who have nothing to do with politics? And they destroyed us. They simply destroyed, destroyed, destroyed buildings, factories. Everything, everything, everything. Their own brothers and sisters were in their own. They were fighting in their own. It was worse than the colonized. It was worse than well than when it was colonized. Worse, what they did to their own people. But anyway, so then on the way, uh, then my father said, "Well, they're going with me. They got the okay to go." She said, "Nope, they're not going with you." My father said, "Well, your choice is." You're going to see them starving. You're going to see them being killed. Or you're never going to see them again. But you know that they are okay. They are safe. So you choose. And she did. But she didn't say anything. She started walking with him those 13, 12 days more. She went walking with him. And when uh, he arrived to the plane, she gave him the kids and she turned her back. So now my father's coming on the day of my birthday, December 24. Yeah, we went to the airport not knowing he's going to arrive. We know he's already on the mainland, Mm -hmm. but we don't know if he's going to arrive. But we went there. Mm -hmm. We went and he arrived. And he was the last one who came out with two kids. And now my mother has to take care of the kids of the mistress. Did she know before, do you think? Or was this the moment she found out? No, this was the moment she found out. (sighs) Yeah. Poor mother. Yeah, poor of my mother. And hard to say and and bad to say because my father is not anymore in this earth, (laughs) you know, to defend himself. And God forgive him. I already forgive him, I think. Sometimes when I remember, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> did I forgive? <laughs> I'm a bad person. I cannot not. forgive. <laughs> I cannot forgive. Because, you know, on top of everything, he was not a good husband to her. First of all was this, this cheating thing. And now he's bringing the kids. And now it has to be his way. And now she's not good enough for his kids. 
excuse me, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, Your it mom was, was a saint. something else, something else. What we went through with this was something else. And then these kids are all traumatized. He was traumatized. He came and he, he's looking at us like he's a robot. He has a beard this big. I went right away to take a picture of him because I want to catch that. That, take a picture of him and all that. But he's not talking. He's so out of that plan. They had that syndrome of whatever. Yeah, even the kids, they hear the noise and they put themselves on the floor. And after a while, little by little, it became normal. And But the kids were always very, very unbelievable. Too much, too much, no matter what we did. Right. And was there any black people on the island? No. Oh, no. So they were kind of on their own. Yeah. Yeah. No they one looked like them. They had yeah. no community. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really bad. Of course, they have the trauma. I understand that part. Mm-hmm. They were little ones. It's not their fault. Mm-hmm. Whatever fault it was, was the adults, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, and my father left them with my mom, went to the States, and then and then he started when he was kind of normal. He started to talk about his money. Oh, I should go there and go get my money. Are you for real? Do you know how much I went through to rescue you from there? You came out alive and now you want to go back? Are you in your mind because of the money? Excuse me. And then he quiet. I came to Canada in October. In October I came to Canada. In December he went, he went back to Mozambique. <laughs> Adventured man. So he had three days on his passport to expire and he went back. So he arrived there and they said, you're not coming in because your passport is about to expire. And he said, uh, well, who signed this passport? And they said, so and so. And then what? He's nobody in this country. He signed my passport. So I still have three days. Yeah, but three days is not much time. Do you know what I come for? If it's enough or not? I'm the only one to know. And they had to allow him to come in. I don't know which calls they did. They allow him to come in. So he came in as soon as he went on a taxi. That's why I say they are everywhere. Even on the airport they were, right? Mm. As soon as he's on a taxi on the news, Jose Ferreira Martins is back in Mozambique. <laughs> then he started to shake. He went straight to the director, the same guy, the same director, and they put him on a, on a nice hotel, you no know, car with a they call how they call those cars that is a proof armored it's just like to make yeah. sure he can't be shot yeah, or yeah, seen yeah. or yeah. yeah so like an armored car so they put him that is the driver to him here and there whatever he wants you know he was very like eh. uh so because his money is 2000 kilometers away there's no transfers there's no <laughs> nothing right and that time you have to go there you have to sign you have wow. to take it you have to go 2000 kilometers away so yeah they put him on a plane he went there there's another army car there took him to the bank sign take the money back and he got his money and then he spent his money there for 3 months enjoying life and the kids are with my mommy. I was going to ask. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So, but, but the money didn't stay there anyways. 
<laughs> the money stayed there anyways. He lived the life anyways. He lived the life. I feel like, okay, if I remove your emotions, your mom and everything, he, your dad sounds like he was someone that you would love to know. He sounds like somebody everybody liked that could yeah. get along with anybody. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Just, yeah. And he was very modern and very yeah. updated today. He has a mind. Of, he was someone that you could talk. Yeah, someone yeah. that you could talk. I was very hurt with him because I found this when I was 13. Mm. When I was 13 and I found that, I lost my hero in that moment. And I am that type of person that when I lose it, I lose it. Mm. There's no way he's coming back. It, it was me. I did everything for him. Everything. I had him in my house for two and a half years. When he was in Cambridge alone, I was the one who was going down. I was cooking here for the whole entire week and bring it there, put on the fridge for him, clean his apartment. He's with, my husband stays inside the car with my two little ones in that time, and I go inside straight to clean the washrooms because, you know, little ones go straight to the washroom, you know, and mm -hmm. step in this and that. Then I prepare, then I clean, then I laundry, then I do everything. Then he was in the hospital. I was the one, again, who goes back and forth because I'm the one who drives, I'm the one who da 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 da, da all that. And then when he was in the hospital waiting for uh, going to a home, there's no homes. So then no homes. And I was the one who was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with kids from hockey, from this, from that, cranky husband, cranky kids and all that. So then I decided to bring him to my house. And I had him here in that room over there. I prepared the room for him. And he had everything possible and good. But if I'm going to tell you... Being honest, honest, I think I'm honest to myself that I, I didn't feel any emotions like love, like that I feel like to hug or kiss. I didn't because I lost that. I lost that. And unfortunately, we do mistakes. We all do mistakes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do mistakes in life that my kids could be disappointed. I hope not because these type of disappointments Adults should think about 300 times before they do them because it hurts them for life. It makes them for life. They can say whatever, they can pretend, but deep, deep inside, I know very well. I know very well that this is a damage for life. And these adults, they separate, they go, they, they, they leave the kid with this, with that, with the stepfather, stepmother, step this, step that. This is horrible. This is horrible. It, I mean, in another way, and in these days, you can see stepfather better, much better than the biological father. You know, mm -hmm. you can see that too. I'm not saying no. But before doing certain things, you know, we have to think 300%. When you have your kid, you have to focus yourself in the kid. I agree. Until this kid can defend himself. Because you know how many kids are molested, assaulted, sexually assaulted by people close to them, you know? And because of what? Because I'm going to go and uh, have a drink because, of, you know, life is going. Well, life is going. Hello? You put yourself into that. You know, it's, it's the kid first now. You know, mm -hmm. your time is going to come no matter what. You have time. Oh, my God. But I, I have to say, I know I don't know you that well, but my God, Connie, like I really yeah. admire you. That is, oh. 
<laughs> that is so it's tough. Like, for me, it's nothing. This is what I went through. Yeah, but I don't you're see bringing it. your dad in. I don't see it. No, That's yeah, hard until the end. Until that the is end. very hard. Like I, I know it's not easy to try to rebuild a place for them. Yeah, to care for them at a level that you know they deserve, even though they didn't earn it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So I admire exactly. you a lot. Yeah. And I really respect you for caring for him yeah. when he was yeah. even deserve it. But I know. I know. Yeah. Because sometimes I, I say I was bad because I, I didn't do it with the feelings, with the, with the law. Mm. I did it because it needs to be done. He's my dad. I'm going to do it. But to say that I really forgive and I, I don't know. I don't even know. I, I think I, I needed constantly for that to understand even <laughs> that I did for love. I don't think it was love because it was always on my mind. You did, you, you did it. You know, my mother, my poor mother. I was seven years without talking to him because then he did all this, da, 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 went to the States, went here, went there, left my mom with the kids. But my mom is not good enough, even though the kids are rebelled because my mom is bad to them because da, 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 da. brought them here to Canada. Your dad did or you did? I did brought them all, living on an apartment of one bedroom in Cambridge, the apartments of Hallman up there. So you there. sponsored your half-siblings? Yes, wow. all of them. And your dad? And my dad and my mom and my other two brothers. So six of them came. I have nothing. I was here two years. I just bought a car. I'm paying rent on the Hallman Apartments down there in St. Andrews. Okay. Uh, one bedroom apartment. They all came on recession time, 1991. No jobs for nobody. Two jobs for me. <laughs> but no jobs for them, right? Yeah. Because you have to have Canadian experience and the language. What Canadian experience if you just arrive? Mm -hmm. <laughs> How do you have Canadian experience? Anyway, so I brought all of them, give the bedroom to my parents, and all of us, six of us, sleeping on a living room floor. And my brothers, because they don't work, right? Only me and my husband work. My husband was already working here in Mississauga leaving the house at 4 o'clock in the morning, and they are all night on TV because well, they don't work, they don't care, they don't even think that you need to sleep very young, but still, or 27, but still, you need to rest. And they are on TV all night because in the island, the TV closes at midnight or 11 or whatever. Ask you, yeah, if it was a new <laughs> so, novelty. No, this was new for them. <laughs> so they are tick, 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 and you are, the lights are off and blah, so after a while, they moved to an apartment right in front with two bedrooms. These kids are trouble, 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 trouble to my mom. I said, okay, I'm going to move to an apartment of two bedrooms, and I'm going to take the kids to me, to take the kids from my mom, right? Because my mom, poor thing, she already suffered a lot. Mm -hmm. My father is not the softest one with her, because now his kids are more than anything. And nothing that she does, the kids don't respect her. She cannot dis discipline them because she's not the mother. So I took the kids with me. I moved to an apartment with two bedrooms yeah. in the same building in front of the other one. Prepared the room for them, everything, ta, ta, ta. Every day I was called to the principal. The boy, he put fire in somewhere. Uh, the next day, scratch a car somewhere. 
And this was constantly, constantly. So the, the, the teacher or principal sent a note that he should be in timeout. He should not watch TV. So I put him in timeout, not watch TV. My father said, oh, why not? Oh, why not the poor kid? Blah, blah, blah. Put the TV for the kid. So don't discipline the kid because the poor kid doesn't have a mother. Sorry. The poor kid doesn't have a mother, so we cannot discipline the kid. Uh, so it was constantly, constantly, and then Joe said, what the heck is this? I don't even have kids. Now I am on principal every day. What is that? He's, he's 300% better than me in, in heart, in, in everything, because who's going to put up with a family like that? Hello, I want to divorce you with your family, right? That's a hell of a lot. Yeah, it was a lot on him, a lot. So he said, Honey, what the heck is this? You know, now I'm coming from construction to go to the principal. To da, da, da. I don't even understand what the heck half of what he's saying. This is stressful and da, 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 da. So, and it was like that. The girl was doing her things. Was Okay, stupid things is stupid things. It doesn't matter. They all do. She was taking my clothes to school, but she would deny. I would say, it was in your bag. And my father would say, maybe your mother put in her bag. To put her in trouble. <laughs> oh, now I want to kill him because now what the heck are you telling me? Yeah. No, kill you. Like instead of you disciplining her, now you're putting in my mother. Anyways, so it was like that. It was so much, so much. And I said, "Hey, you, you are in timeout right now because not even your brother-in-law comes home at ten o'clock. So you are a kiddo. You come straight from school home." And no chi-chi-chi. Oh, my father was so mad because I put him on timeout and da-da-da, because I was screaming on him because da-da-da, poor kids. Oh, I was getting already too much. So I said, you know what, Dad? You were young enough to make them. You're young enough to take care of them. Take care of them. They're not mine. <laughs> then he did. One day he was about to beat up my mother even. Yeah, mm. and my youngest brother put himself in the middle. I came from two jobs, newspaper and bakery on Nobel Farms in Cambridge. From there to the newspaper at night, come home, and there's the police coming at my door. What kind of family is that? What is this? I was in heaven, and I brought you, and I mean, hell no. <laughs> so my father... I was arguing with my mom because of the kiddos again. And then he was about to beat my mom because he used to do it. And now my youngest brother put himself in between. And he said, never again, you're going to touch her. Because she was the one who was working to feed me. Now you, I don't know you. You were in Africa. About, oh, look at these kids. What you're talking about in front of these kids. I was a kid when I saw you. You in bed with with their mother. So there are kids. I was a kid. It's interesting looking into somebody else's world. You really appreciate different things that maybe they see, maybe they don't, but I always find a deep sense of appreciation for another human when they choose to share. I gotta say, Connie, this conversation taught me something. First, the importance of family and the unwavering reliance and its value and honestly, it's necessity. 
Obviously, there's limits to toxicity, but at the same time, a version of this needs to be cultivated back into our society, and it indeed does need to be unwavering. Second, if you are not single and you are in a partnership or you have a family, don't be selfish with your needs above your family and partner's needs. Because in reflection of her story, there was only one person truly pursuing their dreams out of what was that five people don't be that person in somebody else's life her father was extremely lucky she was raised at a time like that especially given the fact that none of the other siblings came through including the two he favored and speaking of those half siblings i believe at that time they were a lot less lucky than most kids are today because the resources were not there to help them with their mental health and recovery so let's not forget the importance of trauma recovery, but also not victimizing yourself because many times in Kwani's story could she have victimized herself, but she chose to press forward because there was no time to be depressed. You had responsibilities to your family, to your society. We've lost that. And the power of it is very well communicated in her story. And she is not broken by it. If anything, she is better for it. And she represents an energy. Trust me when you're in a room with her. I would have never known this story if it wasn't for a family member of hers letting me know. Anyway, third, I think the idea is to live honestly with yourself and with those who are emotionally invested in you. Okay, for real though, turning off the cheese mode, <laughs> the machismo. If you have a soul story, send it in, brazenradio at gmail.com or hit me up in the DMs at the Brazen Radio on Instagram. Thank you for listening and thank you, Connie, for bringing me into your home and sharing this story with all of us. Now, amigos. Tis the end of the tale, and that means it is time for you to go out into the world and be, what? What are you going to be? Oh, that's right. You're going to be mother fucking sunshine. Much love, man.